Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Chip Zdarsky. We hope you enjoy. I'm looking at Joe Casada. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Mark Wade. Like those were the three guys yeah. who also had their arms crossed. Sure. <laughs> and here I am pitching, you know, kind of daredevil luminaries uh what uh, the jokey canadian is going to be doing and i i felt the room split mm-hmm. um uh because there were a few beats i think my beat about like spider-man showing up and kind of threatening them and, and shutting it all down yeah, yeah. um cb was like oh, i don't know about that and like um and then I, and, I remember that. I, I remember all the writers being like, yeah. And I remember a bunch of editors being like, no. And it was a real interesting divide, I felt like. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, there was definitely like kind of a management versus writers, but also maybe an older writer versus younger writer thing sure. too. And like, I, it was, those are my favorite pitches anyways. Like I actually hated the pitches in the room where someone would pitch it and would go, that's great. And then yeah. they'd move on. For sure. Like in, in my soul, I'm like, oh, that's death. Like that's a yeah. book that's just going to disappear in like five issues. Um, but the ones where like there's kind of arguments in the room, that's mm-hmm. when you kind of know that like, okay, it's got some staying power. Because like if you can get them talking about it, you get the readers talking about it. Like Hickman pitching X-Men sure, yeah. is the greatest example of that because everyone, everyone was like, was well, what, what does yeah. it mean? What is about this? And Hickman would just point them and go, that's a book. Yeah. And like, that's a book. <laughs> and that's a book. Like, yeah. It's fantastic. So you definitely feel like you're defending your like phd um but it, it made it stronger on the yeah, yeah. end of it for sure i i had the i had the one day at a summit and we'd all gone out to a mexican restaurant the night before mm, smart and yeah, you were there <laughs> everyone was there yeah. uh and i got food poisoning yeah. and came in and uh, they started the morning and they were like okay today's agenda you're gonna do um your punisher and I was like, not oh. feeling good. And I got up into my Punisher, and parties who won't be named uh, were cursing at me, yeah. yelling at me in the room <laughs> to the point that Jason Aaron had to be like, okay, everybody, like, let's step back and stuff. And I, I actually loved it. And like afterwards, yeah. a bunch of people came to check on me and be like, are you okay? And I was like, I love that. If people are fucking passionate about it, like, yeah, yeah it, it's working. And yeah. and I went, I pitched it. We yelled it about it for twenty minutes. It calmed down. I went to the bathroom. I threw up for ten minutes. Oh Jesus! Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was puking in the bathroom. I was and, and like you know, it's a, it's the office bathroom. It's not like a private bathroom. So I'm just in a stall on yeah. my knees, puking from food poisoning. And I come out of the bathroom and I like you know, I I I I, I found a piece of gum and I like drink a bunch of water. And Stephen Wacker just like was there and he was just like. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? And like, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to be like, I wasn't puking because a bunch of editors just yelled at me. I was puking because I ate some real sketchy Mexican food. Yeah. And then I walk back in and they're like, oh, Matt's back. Now we're going to go through his Uncanny X-Men. And I was like, oh, Let, let's fucking go round two. Oh and God. I was like, because that was the one I expected to get yelled at for. And I did. And <laughs> <laughs> um, But, but oh, afterwards, I, like so many people were just like, 
hey, are you okay? And I was like, I love that. I love people being passionate and yelling. Yeah. And like, I don't love yelling, but I love like people being heated and caring. Like that's, I'm passionate about this stuff. If yeah. I, it's like you said, if you come in and, you know, I've walked through plenty of books in there where people go, okay. Great, and just great, turn yeah, okay. and you're just like, that oh. sucks. That's a fucking yeah. soul you, you, you really don't want that. The, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't, I won't name the person that, um, start cursing, but, um, they're, they're, let's just call them, I'll call them, uh, I'll call them Chip. Um, <laughs> but like, there are periods, like over, I don't know how many of these I went to, maybe like four or five. And, um, there would always be these periods where, uh, Chip would <laughs> also get really passionate and cursing and like fired up about a thing. And, and it, it was always the same thing where almost everyone in the room thought it was a joke at first. Yeah. Like, Oh, why would somebody be upset that like a D man, um, uh, uh, <laughs> got herpes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden just like, it, Cause it's out of character. Well, yeah, it's out of character, I guess. <laughs> Maybe like we are protecting these brands. We are protecting D man. Yeah. And D man does not get herpes. Not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> not now, not ever. And I'm just like, Oh, this is amazing. Cause like once, once, once everyone in the room realizes that, like, Oh, this is legit. It's like yeah. everyone just perks up cause it, they can be sleepy rooms and you're just like, yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. The, the thing that was yelled at me, which I will take to the grave as a great moment was you're splashing shit on all my characters, Rosenberg. And I was like, <laughs> what a, what a good, because I had guests coming into the Punisher book and they were like, yeah. These, none of these people should be in the book. And that was my whole thesis was like, I need other characters in the Punisher yeah, book. Yeah. He can't not have other characters in it. Otherwise... I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember feeling just horrible for you. Though I could tell by looking at you that you were totally fine with it. And yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, oh, this is a story I'm going to have for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I grew up in a family of writers. So, like, we were screaming at each other about stories over dinner yeah. when I was in, you know, sixth grade. So I, I, I don't so bat good. an eye about it. But... Um, oh, I miss it. it no, you don't. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, there's a part of me that does. Sure. Um, yeah, they, they were exciting. It's it's the only reason I signed a contract at Marvel. <laughs> to be, to be that, and it was yeah. only for one year. Like I was like very reluctant to yeah. um, be a part of the the system, man. Because yeah. <laughs> um, when you sign a contract, it's like okay, you got to do 24 books in a year or 48 books in a year, whatever. Yeah. And I didn't like that feeling. Um, but I just I wanted to be in that room because I heard all the stories. Like oh, being yeah. friends with Matt and Ed, and just like you know the fights and the crying and the screaming and like and then magic breaking out of it. Um, yeah. That to to be there in that room. Your your, like a small your piece. first one was my first one, and Brisson's yeah. and, and Donnie's. And Donnie's. All four of us were there for the first time, so I feel like there was a lot of like wide-eyed kids looking around being like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Axel took us out for lunch or whatever, and kind of gave us yeah. a speech like, you know, you gotta stab each other in that room you know blah 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 they brought yeah. you out here for this reason i'm like oh okay yeah, yeah. it was wild the uh yeah and then we all stabbed each other and it was great <laughs> um let's get back to your work for a little bit before yeah, we sure. tap out <laughs> before uh, remin reminisce about <laughs> marvel days <laughs> about getting yelled at um yeah. so you you get to batman the the arguably the biggest book in comics maybe not even arguable the biggest book in comics you're also on daredevil which is um you know among the most prestigious in comics does the legacy of what's come before i i feel like for a lot of people it makes it harder to to go back and look at all this stuff and be like people know this stuff this stuff yeah. is ingrained in people's minds but in some ways i feel like 
is it almost like where do you land on it is it is it great to be obviously it's great to be on great books that are prestigious but like knowing that you have to really care about what came before where does that what does that do for you creatively um i mean daredevil is its own thing for sure um it's why we all wanted to be on the book um there was there was a little bit of intimidation going into that one even though i asked for it um but even though it, it's funny because like i always go through the same thing where i'm like oh i want this book and then they give me the book i'm like okay i'm not saying yes yet i gotta go think about it because i had to really go and figure out do i have a story that's going to kind of stack up to what's come before sure. um uh but like once i once i had it once i had like the pitch i'm just like oh it's fine it'll be fine like even yeah. if i if i blow it like I, this is this is me giving it the best shot like um so uh the legacy stuff only really kind of affected me in the kind of the genesis of the pitch and then after that it's like all right it's your own thing just go with it mm. um and do you go back it, and read everything yeah i mean with that so like, i went back like i got the email from cb saying hey do you want daredevil and uh i think i, I spent like a week going back and rereading um at least the the Brubaker Bendis stuff. I'd already been reading Charles's stuff, so that was right. easy enough. I was caught up, um, and I'd read Wade's stuff recently enough, uh, and Nascenti uh, and Miller. I just kind of know because I've reread it so many times over the years, sure. and those are kind of the the, the big ones. Um, so yeah, Brubaker Bendis because I knew I was going more for that tone. I reread those to make sure mm -hmm. I wasn't hitting the beats. Um, the same beats uh and then i just kind of dove right in and um so batman is, is quite different because mark wade wrote me an email when it was announced congratulating me and mm -hmm. in that email he said um hey just so you know um batman is the one fictional character uh in all of history who's had the most stories written about him so uh good luck <laughs> <laughs> like it's a total mark email sure. i loved it printed it out i framed it but it's true like there's so many batman stories like mm -hmm. it's just it's all encompassing that uh i found i couldn't worry too much about legacy there like there are things that i i've, I've read over the years that i've loved but I'm, I'm not like well i gotta start from batman one and figure out <laughs> yeah. everything there is about this character um so, that was going to be uh, something I wanted to ask you because I felt like within within modern Batman, especially like I, I remember making a joke with you on a stream once where I was like, you should write a Batman story that has to do with and listed like five things because it's like the things that every modern Batman story feels yeah, yeah. like it's about. And like what I was going to ask, yeah, if with Batman, especially if like finding your take on it was more about like bathing in the history of it or about like disconnecting and like kind of getting away from that that same stuff i mean there there's no i don't think there's any story about batman that hasn't really been done before on some level right. right but it's also kind of the same with daredevil like the daredevil story i told was was the same daredevil story that's been told time and time again where he gets beaten down he, he's no <laughs> longer daredevil and he's got to find his way back into why he is daredevil like that's essentially right. it and it goes beyond that uh after we kind of get past that first arc and with batman it's kind of the same thing it's like you're you're kind of you're playing you're doing a little bit of cover songs with mm -hmm. the character um but like but adding your own take to it your own spin on it kind of modernizing it a little bit um 
Yeah, it is. It is tricky, and then sometimes when you realize you're like you're redoing a beat, you just have to be like, okay, it can't be the focus. I got to like push that off to the side. Like I think you know, in my first arc, at some point, like Gotham gets taken over by Failsafe, right. and and I think I remember some people saying like, oh, he's just doing another story where like Batman has to go in and rescue Gotham from like. <laughs> from you know the guy who's taking it over which is kind of done recently enough in future state i think it was future state and uh and i was just like well no that's not actually not what's gonna happen like i know enough of the history to know like okay the setup here i can see at the end of this issue people are gonna think that but then i swerve and it's like it has nothing to do with gotham at this point um so you, you can lean into it play with the reader expectations and then and then swerve uh as much as you can but yeah, it's it's it is hard. It's hard with Batman to figure out the story that hasn't been done, um, and especially like Batman hasn't reached like X Men levels in terms of like all the side characters that people are in love with and they want nothing but happy things for them. But it's <laughs> it's, it's up it's up there. So yeah. Yeah. and because Batman is the anchor for like all the kind of the books around it, like um, there's not a lot I can actually play with. I'm kind yeah. of realizing too that that makes it tricky like like i can't i'm not going to murder a red hood because matt's using red hood right. you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> i'm using like tim drake but also um tim's got his own series uh right. and it's great and like i can't mess him up too much yeah um so that's 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 been the interesting thing to kind of figure out is how to how to deal with like all the beloved characters around batman without uh without wrecking them for all the other writers. Daredevil is easy because like everything's siphoned off, like right. or siloed off. Like you can just you can do whatever you want with those characters. Is, is that more daunting or like interesting as a puzzle of figuring out how to play around without messing up those pieces? Yeah, I mean I, I like the puzzle of it. Um yeah. uh it's a it's a, just a different challenge. And also like I can do a Daredevil story where he's not in costume for like ten issues. I can't mm-hmm. do a Batman story where he's not in costume for 10 issues. That's just <laughs> not a thing. And anything I do to Batman has to be run up the flagpole to a degree that, uh, again, I don't have to worry about with Daredevil. Like, you know, if I if I decide to, like, blind Batman or whatever, which makes total sense, he's a bat. Um, <laughs> like, not, he's not like, actually a bat. Never mind. Uh, go on, go on. Oh, damn it. But, I, I, like, that's going to have to go by... Joe Biden. Uh, my editor, yeah, my editor in chief, uh, publisher, and then beyond that into like all the other areas, like toys. Like, yeah. if I wanted to change Batman's costume, like that's a that's a discussion you have to have with like the toy department as well. <laughs> right. like, you can't yeah. just do it; um, it has to be planned out more. So that's that's interesting, kind of working at that level, which I'm not used to. Like on Spider-Man, it was a secondary Spider-Man title, so that was great. Right. Like Dan Slott had to like have those fights. Whereas I just had to kind of like travel in his wake a little bit. So you're writing Batman, you're writing Daredevil, the the highest echelon of, of corporate comics, Ooh. these big brooding dark action books. And you have this great platform where you can, you have a lot of eyes on you. You can promote your own ideas, your own work. And so you springboarded from Batman to public domain a book about um, a family dealing with copyright 
Oh, no, <laughs> uh, um, a dark and gritty book about copyright now. Ooh. I mean, there are three punches thrown in the first six that issues. That's true. So, yeah, that's yeah. impact. It's, <laughs> um, the, the, I, I, again, my career planning is not on point. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by it because I, I, I was, you know, I love public domain, and I, I reread it last night, and and um, I was reading it as it as it came out on Substack, on your wonderful newsletter. But um, I, I bought the trade paperback, which is in stores now. And wow. uh, look at that, yeah, Image Comics. Uh, I like that you used spot gloss on the cover for your name, but not the title of the book. Um, <laughs> but we can talk about that another yeah. time. Yeah, I know what sells. I didn't. I didn't. There's no spot gloss on my name. It's just on it's the enough. mask. No, oh yeah, nice you're try. right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're nice right. try. Well, it's uh, a good idea though. So just yeah, only yeah. the author name catches the light when somebody yeah. walks by. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember there's there's some Ryan Brown book that he has spot gloss on the back that doesn't have um, a color underneath it, so it's just shiny and it yeah. just says "Buy this book" in huge letters and spot gloss. So when That's you amazing. walk by it, he has it upside like the front and back cover, and when you just like at the right angle, it says "Buy this book." Uh, oh, so smart! It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ryan Brown, very smart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm 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 reading Public Domain and rereading it, and I'm thinking about your other work, and I'm trying to figure out. I don't know how to ask this exactly. Yeah, yeah go for like, it. Yeah. The fact that you're doing Batman and Daredevil <laughs> does that make you the best person to be telling the story, or the fucking worst person to be telling this story that's my diplomatic way of saying like does that make sense no no i I need you to explain it more (laughs) um you're telling a book like i'm telling okay i'm telling a story about comic companies about corporate comic companies and how they fuck with the people who make the things and destroy the legacies of those people and undermine yes. them and fuck them over yes. while you are working on the very properties that this book is yes about yeah how how why <laughs> what's wrong with you no i'm I, like i mean i guess the real question is like does this book come from a place of guilt on your part do you feel bad about your job do you just have a sense of that you've seen inside baseball stuff and that there's a perspective or you just there's a story that should be told too and it's you know you're agnostic on it or i mean it just it comes from a place of interest in the subject matter like mm-hmm. uh so i i do a, a podcast called manga explaining sure um where uh I, I me and some friends read a different manga every week uh, to teach me about manga as a Western comics creator who never got into it. And the one thing I noticed over the years is just like my favorite ones were the ones where the creator clearly just found a subject matter that intrigued them and just did like a bunch of volumes about it, sure. which you don't <laughs> find as often in the North American kind of Western comics market. It's mostly just like, what's hot right now? Fantasy? Sci-fi? Oh, is it going to be Westerns? Like like all the kind of genre stuff. Yeah. Whereas with the manga, it's like, oh, I'm making a comic about salarymen, like about business feelings, <laughs> <Yeah>. or a <laughs> book pong, about baby. ping pong. Yeah. yeah. Or like a book about rice. I read like, I read a book about rice. Like it's just... I read, I, a, really I, good, I read a really good manga about cooking in prison. 
<laughs> yeah. It was yeah. great. Awesome. It was, it yeah, was about, awesome. food, about someone who was really into food in prison and like their life in prison, but like it was mostly about food. Yeah, food's such a big part of our lives, and there's so much manga about food. Yeah. And like there are, there are a few North American comics about food, but like, yeah, yeah, it just, it, it, that fascinated me and it made me really think to myself, well, what are my interests? What are my hobbies? What are the things I love and I'm fascinated by? And it was a real sad realization that it was just comics. Like, <laughs> but, but specifically the history of comics and the medium and like, you know, my favorite kind of books uh, have been like about the history of comics. So like whether it be interview books between creators or uh, Sean Howe's book about Marvel, just like mm -hmm. enraptured me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by all that. And also like, uh, a lot of my friends have kind of gone through the system before me. Like I talk yeah. about like, you know, fraction and, and brewbaker. It's like they did the Marvel machine before uh, I did. Um, and, and the DC machine for, for Ed. And so, uh, like I know all the stories and the behind the scenes and I know my dealings with the companies and they're so much better than they were historically, obviously, sure. you know, Jack Kirby created everything yeah. <laughs> and uh and Neil Adams had to like fight Marvel to get his original art back yeah um uh so yeah I wanted to do a book about all of that but from a fictional kind of standpoint because the thing is like it, none of this is like surprising like no. there's nobody nobody that works at Marvel or DC that's just like what <laughs> is this book about us <laughs> and like and 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 being like, but we've been perfect for our all these years. Have like, people from Marvel and DC talked to you about the book? No, I mean, besides, like you know, there'd be like the odd editor, or whatever, who just enjoyed it. Sure. Um, I mean, that's what I mean. I don't expect like the mouse didn't come down and give you a book <laughs> review, but like, have you spoken to editors who read it and had thoughts? Yeah, you work with? yeah, 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 for 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 sure. And um, and. The thing with with the editors is that they're just like us. Mm -hmm. Like, none of them are like we want to deny you know sure. money to creators. Um, they can barely probably pay their rent. Like, I know the assistant editors, you know, have to like room together yeah. with like quadruple bunk beds to like be able to live in New York and have their dream job. Like, the publishing side is uh, there's no money there. It's not like there's like hordes of money being like kind of, you know, taken and put aside. And like the editors are like, oh, I'd love to pay you. But like, I got to buy another gold <laughs> throne for my office. Like, no, they're sharing a washroom. Like it's um... one of the most humbling moments of my career. And I think about it a lot because it, it sort of puts me in check was I went out to dinner. I went out to lunch on Friday with an editor who was working on a book. And he was like, I'm going to go back upstairs and get you these notes we talked about can you get me this script by Monday morning? Can you get me these revisions? And I was sort of incensed that he, the assumption was like, you're just going to work on the weekend. And I cattily was just like, um, I'm going to get it to you tomorrow and you can read it tomorrow. And the editor was like, tomorrow's Saturday, Matt. And I said, oh, you don't work on weekends? It's just me. And the editor said, when I make as much money as you do, I'll work on weekends. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. fair. I yeah. was like, I'll get it to you tomorrow. You read it when you have time. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. an awful, awful moment yeah. in my career. Oh, that, God. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's just like that across, across all the publishing. So you can't, yeah. There's no, nobody, nobody in this book is like, 
is nowhere in this book is the are the editors the bad guys sure or the people that are like kind of working within the company it's like the people at the top and the you know the system that we live in you know not to go all like the system is capitalism and it sucks man but it does like <laughs> like, like these companies are beholden to uh you know uh stock the stock market sure. and the shareholders like they have to actually constantly be growing and the only way to do that is to like trim the fat and increase the profits and like yeah. the only way to do that is to like not pay people enough yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> not recognize the value that they actually bring um yeah so no i mean there there's a part of me that's just like oh are you biting the hand that feeds you and sure i am but like all of us are like all of us have talked publicly at some point about like yeah. you know it sucks that like so and so doesn't get credit for this or you know that you know they get a pittance and they get to show up to the premiere of the movie that is entirely based on their work yeah um it feels yeah. like there, it feels like there's a lot in the book that is very first hand like not first hand but second hand like you yeah. there's a lot of things that are like i recognize from being in a specific place and being like that's what that place looks like or yeah, yeah. You know. or like you know the number five thousand dollars like i think we've all heard that number five thousand yeah. dollars like yeah <laughs> five thousand um, yeah, for sure yeah i definitely i definitely have the you know the inside scoop on a lot of this stuff um and like well, and and as we kind of go on like i've tried to make it not like comically good versus evil because i think there is like there's definitely gray areas here and there and like in kind of future volumes we explore some of that yeah um uh yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's I obviously really, i enjoy I, working on it i really liked the new issue um that you're starting to see sort of the other sides of people and yeah. like them be like obviously your 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 evil writer character is not he, he he is greedy and an asshole and shitty yeah. to his assistant and all stuff but also like he has his feelings hurt and is and is like takes pride in what he does and it's really i was like okay this is this is the next piece of the puzzle that i i really love the like these aren't villains across the board there yeah. there's a humanity to them that i i really like yeah and that's a, that's the thing that like i always kind of want to make sure is in at least most of my work um because yeah like no one's no one's one thing sure like uh and even like you know as we kind of get into the dad in this like he's out of yeah. date he's out of touch like he's gonna yeah. say and do like wrong things and maybe the reader be like oh why did i root for this guy but like i don't know that's like it's like my, my dad yeah. <laughs> you know okay. like a, a genuinely good person that maybe uses the wrong phrase now and then yeah. <laughs> and then then it gets defensive about it but yeah. like you, there's, it, it all comes from, you know, your history, trauma, like upbringing. Well, uh, I'm yeah. curious about it's a it's a very sort of trendy topic, and I think an overused topic in in sort of the modern pop culture discussion of writing. But the idea of the like self insert character, mm -hmm. and Miles in this was a newspaper guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think he looks like you, but I think he looks like the way you draw you. When you yeah, draw he, yourself, he looks like that. He looks like my type. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like your type. He's a he's got he's your ex-newspaper guy. He's sort of your POV character for a while. Yeah. Um 
And I'm like, okay, so this feels like Chip's entry into this, but he fucking hates comics. Yeah, <laughs> or he yeah, hates yeah. Down on them. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't. I wanted to make sure, like, especially going forward, because I'm bringing in a lot of characters who work on comics, and I, I really want to make sure no one is a one for one analog. Sure. With a with an actual comic creator, like you know, the writer, a lot of people could say, "Oh, that's Stan Lee." Mm-hmm. But I've dropped enough things in there that you recognize. Oh no, that's not Stan Lee. Yeah, and like the other guy's not sure. Kirby. Sure. Um, and and it's the same with Miles as well. Like I don't have a betting problem. I don't mm-hmm. have kind of an anger problem, and I love comics. Like I want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've got I, I've got a, I've got a character coming up that's just like, uh, it's probably my favorite character, who's just like an, an amalgamation of like every British writer trope. <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm really looking forward to uh people seeing that that I, guy i liked i like when he's introduced uh you reference an irish writer who's, <laughs> yeah and it made me laugh but i was just like yeah. oh so there's like a whole world of these guys that yeah. are sort of one-upping themselves in european comic writing <laughs> lunacy in a fun way yeah, exactly <laughs> um the uh, my my last question on the book, um, it, it's it, it's sort of this love letter to comics and the idea of creating comics in a way, and sort of this you know calling out of corporate culture. And we're you see in the first volume without spoiling it, everyone should go out and read it. But like, there's a sort of l- a, a, an optimism to it of what the little man and and the joy of creating, and there's a genuine excitement and like you know the book starts with a sort of like fuck you to comics to corporate comics culture and it the first volume ends on a sort of love letter to the to getting back to what we love about comics about like being in a room and it's clear there when like you know when his son inks him and they're all like oh wow like that's a great moment of just like that i think it was very personal to comic creators of like seeing an idea coalesce in a good way and and it connecting with you and it's this really sort of beautifully optimistic thing that i i really love that it's come it starts in this place of anger and sort of it doesn't let go of that anger but it also keeps this this love and but also this love and optimism but also like the book is so grounded in kind of the real world politics of this stuff I, i i don't know how much you have planned or how much you can talk about but like how much are you willing to make an optimistic book about this situation when it doesn't feel to me as a comic creator, like there's much optimism in what you're talking about. Like it doesn't yeah. feel realistic to be optimistic. Yeah. Them. I mean, the, the, the situation in this book is not realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not to give too much away, but like, you know, the, the idea of the creator getting the rights back, Sure. <laughs> from from the publisher of like the biggest character in the world it's just not a thing that would happen sure um so we're already kind of stretching it like that but, uh, but i think but, about like ditko making his own comics after spider-man and making you know a man and all that stuff and yeah uh well it can't go it, it can't it can't go well and like, yet like, it doesn't go it uh, the world doesn't rally around ditko's objectivist comics no and that's and that's something you're you know you're going to see as kind of go forward um will people rally around this and mm-hmm. uh, is it worth the effort and um you know i've got a lot of stuff coming up like oh god like dealing with social media like they're gonna have to deal with social media and they're gonna have to deal with like you know the, the crazies out there and they're gonna have to deal with like comic conventions and like having to announce a thing and like um i i definitely won't say it's an optimistic 
future uh-huh. in the book. I mean, but it's the book's about more than just the comic stuff. So I'm hoping right. like a lot of the, you know, no matter how like wild and out there and bad and, you know, calamitous, like the comic stuff kind of goes. Um, I'm hoping that the relationship stuff, which is kind of the true focus as we kind of go forward, like I hope that kind of balances that out and gives you kind of a bit more of optimism in terms of people. And so, yeah. you know, just the, the companies because companies don't do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I well, cannot fucking wait to make comics, dude. I'm so. <laughs> oh god, yeah, keep forgetting. This show, this show like does nothing dude. but hype us up for the future. There's, there's a, I mean, like, if there's a genuine joy to making books, and like, you know, you know, Matt, Matt's doing great stuff with Image, um, and so you, you know, like having total control over that, and like, oh, yeah. you know, putting it out there directly to people, getting the 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 feedback and the you know and then getting a roof put over your heads through the act of creating comics is just like such an amazing feeling um and not having to answer to like oh you know you're spreading shit on my characters (laughs) yeah you can just splash shit all over yes. your own characters. Yeah. I saw. I saw. Yeah, someone... splashing really indicates that it's like it's a diarrhea kind of situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was. That's... You heard the. You heard the pitch. It was, but yeah. um, low fiber diet over there. From no, I, I. You know, I think a lot about sort of just the the act of creating comics, and I. I remember uh, someone recently said to me, like, you know, people people in a good position look for adversity. Like they look for things to be upset about. And I, I do feel like comic creators are that. Like there's a lot of stuff. I think really you pop- especially. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a real fucking bummer, but. The, um... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, I know I know the, the record situation was hard on, yeah. for you in terms of like, you know. Yeah. Sucked. getting them printed and stuff and like retailers being upset but i'm like oh my god you got like a hit book and like people are clamoring for the product like it's still it's amazing that's an amazing turn in your life no career. it is it, it, i mean that was sort of my point is that like you sort of invent these things to, and that, like there's real problems in comics for sure and like you know the way creators are treated and and corporate ip and the relationship you know the semi-adversary relationship between publishing and and creative but uh, I think some of that is blown out of proportion because the actual job itself is so fucking cool and so fucking awesome that every little nail that sticks up really does rub you the wrong way. Cause you're like, this is the perfect job. If we could just pay people better, like this is the perfect <laughs> job. If we could just sort these things out, if I could know that my heroes had roofs over their heads when for making these things, like yeah. all of that really matters. And so I was really, you know, that takes me back to sort of the optimism in the book was really sort of caught me off guard. And like, I really loved it. And I was very, I, it's a, it's my favorite thing you've ever done um creatively because it feels very personal and very smart and clever and all those things but also it it's it feels personal to me it feels like something that feels very specific and unique and i think that's true for a lot of people especially people who care about comics i think they'll feel that way about the book and so finding hope in there and finding you know, hope of the family coming together, hope of the, all of, uh, of being excited about comics again was, is such a joy. It really like made the book go from something I really liked to like one of my favorite books. So I just wanted to, yeah. Uh, Which is why I wanted to have you on here and, and say that and make it weird. And um, I love it. I wish I could (laughs) hug you right now. 
well, you know, Aww. you don't need to live in the same country. Give you a little nice. kiss on your knitted cap. You got a, you got a, <laughs> you, you got a driver's license now. You can drive down to New York and give me a hug anytime, Chip. That is true. If only the America would let me in. Well, you know, there's sure ways. There's ways. Yeah. Um, uh, those lakes, you, they're swimmable. You can swim that. That's true. Um, anyway, I, I think that's a good spot for us to end. I wanted to thank you for coming out and and taking the time and making the stuff and and being awesome. Thanks, Chip. Thank you. I love you guys. Oh, love, love you too, Chip. Aww. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Chip Zdarsky. Make sure to check out Public Domain and everything else Chip is working on by subscribing to his newsletter at zdarsky.substack.com. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.